Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm doing good. Uh, it's really good to visit with you beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I unpack a lot of my life to you right before we record, <laughs> and so I Same feel here. better. Yeah, the best the best counselor is a good friend sometimes, right? That's right. Just, uh, yeah, that, that's good. It keeps you from needing a good counselor <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, hey, it's a, go ahead. So we, we, we've been in this great series of thoughts here, really kind of the uh, I don't want to say post-pandemic because I said it a year ago and I said it, you know, three three weeks into the pandemic, I said post-pandemic. So I, yeah. I, I'm almost, I learned not to say that, but I, you know, I think things feel like they're, it's time to dream again. We've talked about that. It's yes. time to plan again. It's time to call plays again. It's time to to move forward. And I think our people are wanting us to do that. I think they're ready for us to say, this is where we're going. And today I know we're going to kind of continue in that vein of thought. So I want you to take it from here. Sure. The title of uh, Pod uh, 129 uh, today is The Right Players with the Right Stuff. Uh, yeah. Talking about uh, teams. I want to talk about teams today, Jim, because, you know, like you said, we've unpacked uh, over the last several pods about uh, the need to get back to visioning and uh, how to create a winning playbook uh, yeah. that will allow you to make progress toward that vision. Um, and, and what, you know, what we, uh, we want to talk about today is this, you can have a brilliant playbook and, and I encourage all of us to work on that, but without yeah. the right players to run the plays, right. Um, you know, I think we're not going to get to the destination uh, we're hoping to get to. And so I'd like to talk about that today. I'd like to talk about right uh, discovering and deploying the right players with the right stuff. And, and so let's start with the right players. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. Go for it. Yeah, a great book that if you're if you're a leader, you should read this book by Patrick Lencioni called The Ideal Team Player. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. And in the book, he describes these three non-negotiable attributes that constitute the right player. And, and yeah. you know, you know, Jim, you know me that I like simplicity, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. here's the here's the three things, uh, according to Lencioni, and I really buy into this. One is humility. The second is hunger. And the third is people smarts. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'd like to unpack those three together and uh, just go back and forth on these. Um, so let's talk about humility for just a minute. The, yeah. He says this, and, and I believe this too, that great team players never trip over their own ego. <laughs> it's a great line. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't long for titles. Uh, yeah. when, when the, the organization wins, they are excited to point out how everybody contributed to that. Right. Yes. And not, and, and not quick to seek attention for their own contribution to it. Uh, yeah. they share credit, they emphasize team over self and, and to them, uh, uh, a humble player is somebody who defines success collectively yeah, instead of individually. So what do you think about that first one? I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think every quarterback has an offensive line. Yeah. I, I think every, you know, every team has a coach, uh, an owner, and I think everybody has to do their part to win a championship. So I, I think when they go to the quarterback or the, the key player, the MVP, and they say, you know, man, congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. If he goes, yeah, I'm awesome. Yeah. You just go, you know, you, I, you've lost respect for him as a person. Now, he might still be the best athlete on the field but he's not the best man on the field and everybody mm -hmm. wants to follow and be a part of a team with, 
the, the best man on the field or the best woman on the field, not just the most athletic or the smartest. So I think it's a, I think leadership, it is, it is absolutely vital that we, who is it? Bob Mumford uh, said, my fruit grows on other people's trees. Mm. That that was his idea of leadership was, That's it was good. not just my success, but an orchard uh, of fruitfulness that, that, you know, that feeds the the need that we're here to serve. So I, I like, he also said, I'm not the aircraft carrier, I'm the catapult. I'm, I'm the aircraft carrier. My job is to launch them, to, yeah. to get them up to speed. To, so, I, you know, who doesn't want to play on that guy's team? Right. When, you know, who doesn't want to work for Pat Lencioni when he knows this stuff? You just, your assumption is you're going to be, there is going to be a value that you will receive for any role you play on the team. And everybody wants to play for that guy. Right. And I think sometimes we, we, uh, misunderstand humility, Jim. I don't know if you agree with that, that we, we misinterpret what it really means. Um, I, I believe this, that humble people don't think more highly of themselves than they should, nor do they think more lowly of themselves yeah. than they should. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the most arrogant people I've, I've ever run into uh, and the ones who were really down on themselves had one thing in common mm-hmm. and that's insecurity. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They were both insecure. Yeah. They just, they, they dealt with their insecurity in, in a different way. And, and so yeah. to me, insecurity and humility are like oil and water. Yeah. Uh, so it, we're not talking mm-hmm. about beating yourself up, thinking that you're less than diminishing the gifts that God has given you. Right. right. But right. not over inflating that either. It's humility is, I think, an accurate assessment of what God has deposited mm. in your life. And yeah. those are the kind of people that make the best teammates when they really understand yeah. that and know that. I had somebody point out the other day that, you know, the, the, the belief is that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And, and in those books, he wrote of himself, Moses was the most humble man uh, that God ever created. You go, wait a minute. But, it, it, but I think it comes back to a, a definition of humility. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's mm-hmm. it's thinking of, I am here to serve. You know the, the the leadership pyramid of of Christianity of the kingdom is upside down. It's you yeah. know the it, it's it supports the weight, not gets the height. You're the foundation, not the not the pinnacle that everybody looks at. You know, right. so I, I I think it is not a dichotomy to be humble and oh, I don't think he was proud of his humility. <laughs> I just think it was true. Yeah. you know, he was the most humble person. Wow, because I I talk to God. And God talks to me and I know who I am. I know where I am. I know what I am. I've been a failure. I'm not a failure anymore. I've been a murderer. I'm a life giver now. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're this, you're that. If they sing his praises, it doesn't make him anything that he's not. And they say you're an idiot. It doesn't, it doesn't take away from him anything he is. Right. He knows who he is. So yeah, I I think I agree. I, you know, how do I know a humble person is? It's probably the person with the least number of insecurities, right? That they're, I think so. I I can't shake them up because they know who they are. That's right. So here's the second one. Uh, the second yeah. one is hunger. And we'll just spend a little bit of time on this. You know, the yeah. right team player has this insatiable desire to learn and grow. Yeah. Uh, they want to take on more responsibility. Um, uh, they don't have to be motivated that much, right? They, they, bring, yeah. this, they bring this desire uh, uh, to the table with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not talking about the people who are self-promoting, you know, or right. narcissistic. Um, right. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody who has this 
this, you know, this internal commitment, Jim, to excellence yeah. and to yeah. going the extra mile. Those are the kind of people that make the best teammates. They, they just bring yeah. that. And, you know, Jim, I don't know if it's possible. I'm curious what you think about this. Um, for me to actually move the needle there very much with somebody that I feel like they either bring right. that to the table or they don't, I don't know. How, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, the difference between me building a tree fort as a kid and me doing my homework is one I was passionate about. One was a mandatory, you know, graded, you know, assessed task. And one was a creative, wonderful thing. I put a lot more hours into my tree forts than I did into my, yeah. into my homework because that was that was me expressing who I was. So I, I think it's incumbent upon us as leaders that when we place people in leadership positions, we're, we're asking the right questions. We're not we're not asking them to help us. We're, we're understanding our role is to help them discover who they are, yeah. and then release them in these environments so that there is that that natural desire. Like you're born for this. I don't have to. Right. My bulldog. By by breeding back a thousand generations, sleeps twenty two hours a day. I, I could not motivate her to chase anything farther than a hundred feet because that's all she has, you know. But she's very motivated when she sees a squirrel for some reason. She's very motivated when she sees a cow. She's a bulldog. She wants to go bite them for some reason. Um, I, it's it's. But, so I, I think discovering if if I was trying to train a bulldog to be a hunting dog that dove, dove into the water to get the duck I just shot, well they sink. I, I can't mm -hmm. motivate her beyond her natural. Hey, Jim, you just froze up there. towards that, that, Oh, I said, I can't motivate her beyond her natural abilities. Yeah. But, but if, but if, if I get a squirrel in the front yard and she sees that thing, man, she, I don't have to teach her to go after it. She, by nature, by creation, by breeding, yeah. by, so if we can, if we can send people towards their squirrels, towards <laughs> their balls, yeah. you know, towards the, what they were created to do. My goodness. It's, yeah. And if not, then it's homework. So homework yeah. is a legal thing. We do the, the most we can do before we get in trouble or the least we can do before we get in trouble. It's law. It's not grace, yeah. you know? And so, and so a little bit later in, in our, our discussion today, I want you to maybe talk a little bit more about yeah. that. Um, yeah. Uh, because I feel like that's a really important piece of the puzzle here. We're talking about building teams. Um, yeah. And the reason we're doing this, Jim, is because I, I, we get a lot of feedback a lot of feedback from leaders saying this is one of the hardest things for us to yeah. do. Yeah. You know, top five, the top five hard things to do. This is in the top five. And so we want to spend some time uh, on it today, but here's the yeah. third, uh, third characteristic that, you know, the right person, uh, they have people smarts. Um, yeah. You know, the, this attribute has nothing to do with IQ. No, it has no. everything <laughs> to do with EI, which is emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, it's under it's being able to understand what's going on in a room and yeah. res, and respond appropriately to that. Um, yeah. I, I think it's I think people smarts is knowing how other people experience you. Um, uh, it's being able to answer the question or understand what it's being able to understand what the answer is to this question. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Yeah. That's what we're talking about when it comes yeah. to people smarts. What do you think about this third? Uh, oh, it's characteristic? Huge. Yeah. I, oh, I'm trying to say this the right way. The, there, are, there are theologians who care deeply about minutia and, and the original Hebrew, which matches up with the Septuagint that goes into the Greek. I, I get that. That's wonderful. 
But if you can't get that from your head to somebody else's head, you're not a teacher. If you can't get that from your heart to someone else's heart, you're not a preacher. And, and, I, and I think the same thing in meetings, right? That if I'm, if I'm spouting off, I need you to do this, 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 this. We just gave homework assignments to kids that want to build tree forts. You know, but if we, can, if, we, if we know that our words are hurting them, then we can change our words. If we know that our words are not motivating them, then we can change the tone of our words. If we know, I think it's everything. I, the, the guy who is the best coach, think of the five people that change your life. Yeah. What, what the, let's just think of, think of your favorite teacher, whatever grade you were in. What was their education level compared to the rest of your teachers? Nobody knows. Right. What, what was their What was their income compared to the other teachers that were not your favorite? Nobody knows. They were not your favorite teacher because they were the most educated or the most you know the most affluent or the best breeding or the best. They wasn't. They connected with you. Yeah. They they found value in you. They celebrated you, and that's what made you believe that you were supposed to be a, a biologist. It really you weren't supposed to be a biologist. You had a really good biology teacher who cared about you, mm-hmm. and you thought, well, I'm going to be a biology teacher someday. You know, so it's I, that is what I think that's what pastoring is. That's what Jesus did. He met people yeah. where they were, and and found them as they were, and then celebrated what 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 he saw when he looked at them. You know, yeah. woman caught in the act of adultery, he calls daughter. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of what you've done. I, I love you, the you that I see when I look at you. I, I, I think the same thing, the emotional intelligence uh, of leadership. I, I'll take a dumb one that's emotionally intelligent over a smart one any day that uh, these guys have built great companies that have third grade educations. How, how is that possible? Well, it's more than knowledge. Yes. There's, there's something else that makes them a great leader. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so in those three attributes come together humility hunger and people smarts i think you have i think you have an emerging leader on your hands right yeah Um, yeah. somebody who somebody who can probably build teams um and and you and i are not going to get to the end zone just because we have a great vision a mouth-watering vision or we have a brilliant playbook we need to write players yeah Um, so that's the first half of the discussion is the right players Let's talk about the right stuff for a few minutes, Jim. And, and I know yeah. that you and I talk about this a lot. Uh, we've yeah. talked about some of this on the podcast. We've written about it. We've yeah. done conferences on our This is one of our messages we keep coming back to over and over again. But I, I really yeah. want to hear from you because this is your area of expertise. Let's talk about um, the right stuff, you know, so right yeah. people – They've got these character, these character traits, but right stuff. Can you speak to that? Like, how do I know yeah. that I've got the right, I've got, I, I know, okay, this guy's the right person, but how do I know I have him or her doing the right thing yeah. in the right spot, you know, in the right, right role? So can you speak to that, Jim? Well, I, yeah, I think that that is, that is so important uh, to get right because, Let's say you're you're a coach of a winning team. Everybody wants to play for Alabama. Everybody does. Some want to play for Michigan. Some want to play for Ohio State. Everybody wants to play for Alabama. Why? Because they have a record unlike anybody else in college football. So you, but but understand that when you get there, some something has to be realer than a than a win loss record, or or you know, winning isn't enough. So here's what I would say: is that your job, back to Bob Mumford, your your job is not to produce wins, your job is to produce fruit on other people's trees. If, if we are all God's workmanship, we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. If, the, if Ephesians 2.10 is true, 
but it's not that simple. So Ephesians 4.11, where God gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the purpose of preparing God's people for good works. So yeah. the same language in chapter two, same language in chapter four, that our job in spiritual leadership, if, if your office of, of ministry is a, an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, then one of your key roles is, is not just to lead people to Jesus, but to lead them to themselves, to develop mm-hmm. them. And so how, how do you lead them to themselves? Well, you find out who they are. Yeah. And with those three questions we ask, what are you passionate about? What is your pain? You know, what's passion, pain, proficiency? What, what thrills you? What kills you? And what fills you? Using those, that dialogue as clues to help them find their place. So it's so simple when someone says things like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So let me, you know, what's your passion? I love little kids. What's your pain? And Jim, you, uh, uh, you cut out there a little bit and I, Man, I, little kids that don't have a daddy. It just lost you again. Ah. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. So, passion, so we got the passion. We got the passion. Passionate. Yeah. And then, and then pain, you know, like what all, children that don't have a daddy, you know, I, I wish I could do something. What's your proficiency? I love kids. They love me. Well, you're, you're looking at one of the greatest children's workers or children's pastors that you've ever met. They just don't know it yet. Right. So you get to introduce them to themselves you get to prepare them to, to be who they are. You get to release them. So instead of recruiting, we need three more workers in children's ministry. You're getting to know them. You're refining them. And then you're releasing them. And it's so our role as leaders is, is to be on a treasure hunt for the things that God has hidden in our path that he's, mm-hmm. that he's tucked away inside of people. They're yeah. carrying it in their DNA. Like my bulldog sleeps a lot. People know who they are. They just don't know how to be who they are. So. Yeah. The joy of a carpenter driving a nail, that is the joy of, of a pastor helping someone find who they are and then releasing them to be that. So I, I would say, you know, the right people with the right stuff are all around us. Everybody's the right person for something. Yeah, Everybody has the right point. stuff for something. No, no one has wasted DNA. No one has wasted breath. God does not waste. So everybody, we are all God's workmanship and we, we are not managers we're indiana jones we're you know we got a a whip and a gun and there's big balls trying to kill us and there's but there's these there's these treasures inside of people we get to unearth those treasures reveal it to themselves and then release them to be that that there is no greater life that i would ever want to live than being a pastor that is it is a an amazing thing and then to see them teach their first children's lesson you know or their first youth lesson or their first business deal, whatever they become, whatever they're supposed to be, not just, you know, ministry in the church, but sure. the other stuff too, man, to, to watch them build that company, to watch them become that housewife, to watch them hold their baby in their arms. It's, I, I don't know why anybody in their right mind would not want to be a pastor. If that's what you understand pastoring to be. Yeah. I was in front of a group of uh, ministry interns uh, a few weeks ago, Jim, yeah. and uh, we were talking about the gift of teaching, you know, and, and how to, yeah how to discern whether you have that or not. And if you do have that, how do you develop it? How do you hone it? Uh, but when, when we got to the end of it, um, I said this to them, look, one of your primary responsibilities as a teacher is to, is to discover the greatness that God has put inside of people and call it out of them. Yeah. And I think that's what you're talking about is, is, is identifying the greatness that God has placed in somebody many times before they even see it Yes, and calling that out of them. I'll never forget. I told them the story. I was two months old in the Lord and uh, I gave my life to Jesus back in the uh, Jesus uh, meeting days. 
you know, yeah. back, yeah. as a bunch of hippies. I wasn't a hippie, but I was surrounded by a bunch of hippies. And one of the, the, the hippies came up to me two months after I'd given my life to Christ. And he said to me, he announced to me, you're teaching Bible study next week. <laughs> Great. I was petrified. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, I told them, I said, and I think I spent 40 hours preparing for a 20 minute Bible yes. study because I was so nervous. Yeah. And, um, and it actually went better than I had hoped. Right. And, and yet, so this hippie saw something in a two month old baby in the Lord that he didn't, I didn't see. And I thank Beautiful. God for that person in my life. Yeah. I'll never forget him. He probably yeah. doesn't even remember it but I'll yeah. never forget it because he saw right. something in me. I didn't. And so, yeah. so Jim, I think it's time for leaders to start developing and casting vision again. I think it's time to yeah. roll up your sleeves with your team and yep. figure out which plays you're going to run to get to the end zone uh, yeah. and to start having these conversations with people to figure out, are they the right people? And do they have the right stuff? Do we have them in? Uh, are we putting people in roles re- and you use the word releasing? And I love that word. Yeah. Are we releasing them into roles uh, that are their God-given, I use the word destiny. I don't think that's too big of a word, right? That oh, this no. is what uh, God has cre- yeah. created them for. Um, yeah. Because uh, you will not get to the end zone, you will not get to that beautiful destination that God has laid on your heart without people around you. As a matter of fact, if you can get there without people, I don't think, I don't think your vision is the right size. No, no. And why? Like what, what hurt, what lie believes, what insecurity would keep you from opening doors for people to discover who they are? Like that's, you should pull on that thread. If that's you, like you should pull on that because it's attached to something pretty ugly or pretty yeah. hurt or, or pretty, pretty lied to and, and get that healed and then come back and see, you know, I, I believe in God. I'm a pastor. Okay. You know what I mean? I believe in God and I believe that God believes in people. Now you're a pastor. Mm. You, you were, you might've been a believer and you might've been a teacher or a lot, but if you don't believe that God believes in people, you, you may always want to stick to reading books and not writing them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so I, I think that I'd like to do one more segment on this series, Jim. We've, we've yeah. talked about vision. We've talked about a playbook. Place, we've yeah. talked about the right players doing the right things. I'd like to talk about the last thing on, in this series, and we'll do this on the next pod, is talking about how values play into all of this, you know, and yeah. uh, the, the fuel that values can provide. Yeah. Uh, to actually give us the energy, the organizational energy yeah. uh, to get to where we want to go. So I'd like to talk about that in right the next on. pod, if that's okay with you. Brilliant. Yeah. And I, I love that because values create culture and mm-hmm. culture becomes what people do without anybody telling them what to do. It's a, it's yeah. a really, I love it. Uh, thank you, John. Um, I, I just would say to all of the people that are watching and listening, um, if, if you're in the room and we have these conversations or not, these are the conversations we have. <laughs> we, yep. we are always talking about how to be helpful to the body of Christ, how to be helpful to leaders and business leaders and educational leaders and church leaders. And uh, I, I know, John, sometimes people go, man, I, I, I didn't get enough from that conversation you just had. Can I have a conversation with you, with one of the team members? How would they go about 
talking with with you or somebody with iConverge's staff about the issues we discuss? Sure. Uh, we we offer a free 30 minutes of, of our time to anybody who, who would like yeah. it. And uh, uh, that's not every week. <laughs> Just yeah, so yeah, yeah. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, uh, you go to our website, convergecoach.com and uh, select a contact us link. And that opens up a form and you can uh, give us just the, the, the basic information we need to, to reach out to you and tell us what's yeah. on your mind. And we'll spend 30 minutes with you. And, uh, you know, maybe 30 minutes is all you need. You, that might be yeah. all you need is 30 minutes and it's no obligation to you, but you might find after 30 minutes, hey, we need to go a little deeper. And, uh, and then we could talk about what that looks like. So that's the best way to uh-huh. uh, get a hold of us. Uh, perfect. Well, our, our dear listeners and watchers, thanks so much for being a part of this with us today. It's always a joy to spend some time, and I hope that you will join us again soon as you continue to lead from alignment.